ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, boys and girls. Today we are going to talk about the different project delivery methods and contract types. You might already know what a project delivery method is. That's awesome. But if you don't, I'm going to break it down for you. There are a ton of ways that you can go about building a project. First off, you could just say, I want to build my own single family home out of wood. And you can do that. For a building under two stories, you don't have to be a licensed contractor. You, You can just build your own house out of wood because it's such a simple construction technique that you're allowed to do that in most jurisdictions. I'm not really sure where you're not allowed to do that, but I know for the most part, you're allowed to build your own home if you want. Um, doesn't mean you want to, right? I personally know how to do it and I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I just wouldn't want to assume that risk. I would rather pay someone to take on the risk for me. So, A project delivery method is all about who carries the risk and who's responsible for what. So you typically might think, okay, so an architect's going to design it and a contractor is going to build it and an owner pays for it. That relationship is called design, bid, build, and it is the most common type of project delivery method. And on our exams, it's the one that all of our questions are usually about unless they specifically state otherwise, but in general, when they're talking about something, they assume that the project is design, bid, build. So with design, bid, build, the owner first approaches the architect and says, this is the project I want. I want a beautiful house. This is what I want it to be. This is what I need. And they write him a check to design that house for them. The architect is going to develop the drawings, working with the owner to make sure that they're satisfied through the schematic design, the design development, and then they're going to produce the construction documents. And then once they've completed the construction documents, the owner is going to take those documents and then present it to contractors who are going to give them a price. And then the owner is going to select the contractor, typically based on their price. If it's a public project, meaning a government project. Um, They're usually required to select the contractor that puts in the lowest bid. But when it's a private project, such as someone building their own custom home or their own office, they can choose any contractor they want based on who they determine to be the best fit. And then the contractor is going to build it and the architect will oversee the process. But for the most part, it's in the contractor's hands and that's it. That's design, bid, build. There's a lot of flaws with this. One thing that contractors particularly resent architects for is their lack of knowledge on actual constructability issues. Um, And that's not our fault. We have to know a bunch of stuff and we're not perfect. So a better way to do it is to have a contractor on board from the beginning to address those issues before those issues make their way into the construction documents. So there's a few ways to do that. 
One is to have a construction manager as advisor. So a construction manager as advisor is going to be hired by the owner from the beginning, and they're going to review the project from the very beginning for issues of constructability. They're going to provide good cost estimating services for the owner from the beginning. So in the beginning of a project, when there's a lot of unknowns, the cost estimate is going to have, um, you know, let's say it's like plus or minus 15% deviation, or maybe even a little more based on how much is unknown in the beginning. But then as the architect refines the design, that construction manager is going to provide a more and more accurate cost estimate, which is really valuable for the owner and the architect to know if the project is actually going to meet the budget. So the construction manager as advisor will provide solid cost estimating services throughout the course of the design process. And if they notice that the project is starting to become over budget, the owner can choose to increase the budget or change the scope, choose alternatives, or tell the architect to redesign it. If the architect needs to redesign it because it's over budget, they need to do that without an additional fee. That is the responsibility of the architect to design a project that's within the owner's budget. I know of a project right now where the architect took that out of the contract. And I think it's pretty common for architects to want to take that out of the contract. That is so upsetting to me because I think that is definitely our responsibility as an architect to design a project that is within the owner's budget. You can't expect someone to take out a loan for an extra million dollars or even more uh, just because, uh, in my opinion, you're too lazy to design a project that's in budget because it does take more creativity and more time. But I mean, that's what you're signing up for. Um, So this is an issue I'm obviously very passionate about, but it seems like in practice, architects take it out of their contract, but it is in the, the original contract for So when you're tested on it, that's how it is. The architect is supposed to design the project in budget. If the cost estimate comes out over budget, then the architect has to redesign it for free unless the owner changes the scope or increases the budget. Um, Okay, sorry. Back to construction managers as advisors. The role of an architect is going to be similar to design bid build, except the construction manager will be developing the cost estimates. The construction manager is going to develop the initial project schedule and the architect will just give them their design schedule and that the construction manager will incorporate into the overall project schedule. With design bid build, the architect helps the owner select a contractor. With construction manager as advisor, the architect is still going to help, but the construction manager is also going to help. During construction, the architect is going to visit the site, and whereas they normally would notify the owner, If there's any errors, now they're going to notify the construction manager if they notice any errors. The construction manager, in essence, is going to be the middleman between the owner and architect. When a project's being constructed, the work can be rejected by either the architect or the construction manager. Submittals are going to be reviewed by both the architect and the construction manager. And... 
a difference with design bid build is that in design bid build, change orders are written by the architect. With construction managers, change orders are going to be developed by the construction manager. So the AIA documents for having a construction manager as advisor are going to all end in the number 32. So it's A132, which is the agreement between the owner and contractor, construction manager as advisor edition, A232, general conditions for the contract, construction manager as advisor edition, and then B132 is the agreement between the owner and architect, construction manager as advisor edition. Then there's construction manager as constructor. The construction manager as constructor is basically the same thing as an advisor, except when it's time to build the project, the construction manager is going to become the contractor. So this is a great way to have the contractor's input at the beginning of the project to review those constructability issues, to get a solid cost estimate and project schedule from the very beginning. And then when it's time to build it, that person who's been assisting you from the beginning is going to take that project and actually build it. So you can instantly realize that that's going to alleviate a lot of construction headaches. It's going to reduce the number of change orders and it's just going to make everything much smoother because that contractor is going to be really well versed in the project and hopefully they would have told the architect and owner about any issues way before construction when it's way cheaper to fix and resolve those issues. The AIA documents for construction manager as constructor are going to end in 33. So it's A133, and that's the agreement between the owner and construction manager as constructor. And then B133 is owner and architect, construction manager as constructor edition. And then there's construction manager as agent. And that's when the construction manager basically serves as the owner's project manager to help the owner coordinate all the different parties. The three types, and let's talk about their differences, construction managers as advisors, they're basically consultants for the owner, helping them with cost estimating and constructability considerations. Construction managers as constructors are consultants for the owner in the beginning of the design phases, and then they become the contractor during construction. Typically, construction managers as constructors will have a guaranteed maximum price contract. We're going to talk about those contracts in a minute. Construction manager as agent is when the construction manager is going to be a consultant for the owner in the beginning, helping with the same things that the advisor does, but then they're going to be a coordinator for the trades during construction. All right, so another project delivery method is design-build. And there's two ways this can happen, generally speaking. You could hire one company that designs the project and then they build it for you. Or you could hire one company that's going to be responsible for the design and construction of the project, but they are going to hire a party to do the design or the construction. So you might hire a contractor and then that contractor will hire the architect or you could hire an architect 
and the architect will hire the contractor. So with design-build, the owner is hiring one entity to be responsible for the design and construction because typically they're going to hire the architect and contractor separately, and then the owner has two contracts, one with each of those parties. With design-build, the owner has one contract with one entity that is going to be responsible for the design and construction. Design-build projects are typically built faster and cheaper than other delivery methods. A potential downside of using design-build. With design-bid-build, the traditional project delivery method, the architect is going to review the contractor's work and notify the owner of any discrepancies. With design-build, the architect is going to work for the contractor or vice versa, the contractor is working for the architect. So there's less incentive to notify the owner of problems because, you know, there's more incentive kind of to protect yourself. I don't know if that actually is a problem. I'm sure, I mean, you can't like hide things from the owner, but you might delay telling them in practice. I don't know. But that is a potential downside with the architect and contractor being joined. You know, there's there's a lack of checks and balances. But at the same time, no matter what, the responsibility of any contractor is to provide the owner with a well-built, finished product. You know, you might be able to delay telling them something, but all in all, um, you have to, it's your obligation to deliver a, a good building. So I don't know if it's an issue, but... I read that it could be. The AIA document for design build is the B143 standard form of agreement between design builder and architect. That's the B143. Bridge design build is a type of design build where the project will have a design architect that designs the project and a production architect who is going to do the construction documents. The final project delivery method we're going to talk about is integrated project delivery. So integrated project delivery, I've never been on a project like this. To me, it sounds very utopian. I hope they work as well as I've read. Uh, So an integrated project delivery, instead of having separate contracts uh, where everyone's trying to protect themselves within their own contract, Everyone is working together collaboratively. So to foster this kind of relationship, the contracts are going to be written to share the risk and rewards of the project's successes or failures. So everyone is incentivized to work together. Based on the contract, the amount of collaboration will vary. There's three types of ways you can do integrated project delivery. You can do a transitional model, which is going to be easier for most owners to swallow. It's basically going to be like a construction manager agreement, but with more collaboration between all parties. Or you could do a multi-party agreement, which is a single agreement signed by all the parties. Or you can even do a single purpose entity, SPE, which is an LLC 
created just for that project. And that's when you can really make it possible to share the risk and reward between all of the project members. For any integrated project delivery project, you are going to need an owner that really wants to commit. It does not work if the owner is not committed. This is not between every party except the owner. This is every party, including the owner, is collaborating. They work best for projects that are complex, privately funded, and commercial. You wouldn't do this for a house. In theory, you could, but realistically, you want like a complex commercial building where collaboration is really going to produce a significantly better result than if every party is working on their own to develop their own scope. Integrated project delivery projects are going to have less risk because with everyone in communication, again, you're going to be able to address issues way earlier in the design process. And you're going to have everyone have more responsibility. So with integrated project delivery the contractors can comment on the design and likewise the architects can comment on the contractors means and methods, which normally is outside of their scope. Just to clarify, there's also integrated design process, which is very similar sounding. That's IDP integrated design process instead of integrated project delivery. So integrated project delivery is a delivery method. Integrated design process is not a delivery method. That's just when you bring together all of the stakeholders early on to get their input on how the project should be designed. So that could be not just the owner, architect, and contractor, but also the people that are going to use, operate, and maintain the building. And you could even maybe get the neighbors and the community involved. And that's called integrated design process. And that is not a delivery method. That is just a method of collaboration to produce a better building. Real quick, I know I said integrated project delivery was going to be the last one, but let's talk about fast tracked and design assist. So fast tracking is a way of accelerating the project schedule by having the architect and their consultants release their drawings in phases. So instead of spending all of that time to develop the construction documents, when you fast track a project, you release the elements in phases so that the contractor can get started on each phase. So first you would release the foundation drawings. The contractor can get started on the foundation. Then you're going to start the framing and then you're going to release the framing. And then, you know, you're going to get into the details and you're just going to release things in phases as they're being built so that the contractor doesn't have to wait for the architect and the consultants to finish before they can start. Another project delivery method is design assist. So design assist is when consultants and fabricators will help develop the drawings and details for the construction documents. So this reduces the architect's scope in the construction documents. The architect will develop drawings to show their design intent, and then the consultants and fabricators really refine those details based on the architect's design intent, and then all of those drawings will be compiled to develop the construction document set. All right. So those are the project delivery methods. 
And next time we meet, we are going to talk about the different contract types. Ciao. 